What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Wellpreneur Online Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Cook, and this week is the second episode in our virtual assistant series. Now, virtual assistants are a hot topic in the wellness industry and among solopreneurs in general because it allows those of us whose company consists of just us to actually get the help that we need without having to hire a full-time employee. And I get loads of questions from clients and people on the Facebook groups and just other entrepreneurs that I speak to about virtual assistants. And most people think it would be fun to work with one. They're tempted by the idea. They think it could be really useful but they're not sure where to get started. And that's what this podcast series is all about. Now, if you missed the first episode in the series, you'll want to go back and listen to that because this is definitely the second part. In the first episode, we were talking about what a virtual assistant is and what kind of tasks they can help you with in your business. Then I also took you through an episode on how to define exactly which tasks make the most sense for you to outsource to a virtual assistant. So if you missed that episode, you'll want to go back and listen to it. It's available at wellpreneuronline.com slash 43. Now in this episode, which is episode 44, the second part of the series, I'm going to be taking you step-by-step through the process to hire your first virtual assistant. And then next week in the final installment, episode 45, I'm going to talk to two different wellpreneurs who have used virtual assistants in their own businesses. And we're going to be talking about their real world experience and their tips and and what they've learned from that process to save you time. So don't forget, as always, you can get everything we're going to talk about in this episode, all the links and the resources back in the show notes, which are at wellpreneuronline.com slash 44. So let's talk about how to hire your first virtual assistant. And like I mentioned last time, I recommend that everyone does a test project with a VA just to see what the experience is like and to open up in your mind the potential of what you could accomplish in your business if you could get the right help with it. So the two sites that I use to hire virtual assistants are Odesk and Elance. And I've actually got links to these on my site and I'm an affiliate for both of these because I use them and I believe in them. And so it would be awesome if you want to support me to check out these sites. If you go back to wellpreneuronline.com slash 44 and then click on the links to Odesk or Elance directly through there, I'd appreciate it very much. So on either of these sites, you'll be able to find tons, hundreds, thousands of people that are willing to work as a virtual assistant. And what's good about using Odesk or Elance versus just finding somebody on your own and hiring them is that those sites act as an intermediary. So there's guarantee on your side that you're going to get some work for your money and it's guaranteed for the freelancer that they're actually going to get paid for the work they do. So how it works is you would post a job on Elance or Odesk that describes in detail what you need done, what kind of person you're looking for, and what the task is. 
And then you're going to get lots of freelancers that bid on that project and they tell you what the price would be for them to do that work and also their experience. And when you hire them, then Elance acts as the intermediary. So there's security in both directions. There's a little app for both of those programs, for both of those sites that the freelancer installs on their desktop. And it actually takes screenshots while they're working. So from your side, if you approve somebody to work for two hours, at the end of that project, if you wanted, you could go back and actually look through their timesheet that would show screenshots of what they'd been doing during that two hours. And you actually pay Elance, and then Elance pays the freelancer. So they really act as that intermediary. It's not like you're sending money to somebody on the other side of the world. And on the other side, the freelancer feels more secure because they're actually working, they're recording what they're doing, and then they have proof that they've done the work so that they're going to get the payment. So it works out really well in helping you to work with people all over the world where it might feel a bit too risky to do that just on your own. Now, there's two types of projects that you can do on either of these sites. You can do hourly projects or fixed-priced projects. An hourly project is just what it says it is. So you're paying the freelancer based on the hour that they worked. So you could decide to pay somebody $5 an hour, $15 an hour, $50 an hour, whatever it is that you agree on. And then at the end of the week, you pay them based on the number of hours they've worked on their timesheet. And you don't have to worry because there's a way in both sites that you can limit the number of hours somebody works. So you could authorize them to work for two hours a week or five hours a week or 10 hours a week, whatever it is that fits you and your business needs. The second way to pay freelancers to do these types of projects is a fixed price. And that works that you need to detail specifically what you require them to do, and then people will bid a fixed price. So it doesn't matter how long it takes for them to do that. You could say, I want somebody to write 10 tweets for me, and they could agree that they're going to do it in for $20, just for an example. And it doesn't matter to you if it takes them 15 minutes or if it takes them six hours to do it. The point is you're going to pay them $20 when they deliver those 10 tweets. So that's the second way to approach a project. Now, for your very first project, I recommend doing, well, you could do it either way. In my experience, what I tend to do is an hourly project, and I set it for something really short, so a really short specific task for two hours, and I set a two-hour limit, and you agree on the hourly rate. So say, just for sake of argument, you're going to pay somebody $10 an hour, and it's a two-hour task, so you know for this first experiment with a VA, you're only paying $20 at the most. Right, so it's an easy way to dip your toe in the water and manage your risk and just see what it's like to work with a virtual assistant. So the first thing you need to do is decide exactly where you need help. And this is what we talked about back in the last episode, in episode 43. Do you need help with website updates or publishing blogs or social media or customer service or creating landing pages? You're the business owner, so you need to tell them what you need help with. Do not expect a virtual assistant to set your strategy for you. Don't expect to hire somebody and say, please just market my business online. As the business owner, it's up to you to set the strategy. And if you need help setting the strategy, then you need to hire an expert in that area to help you define the strategy. So if you want help with your online marketing strategy and what you should outsource to a VA, you can hire me. You know, contact me. We'll sit down for a couple hours. We'll figure it all out. But when you're looking at a VA, don't expect them to be able to set your entire social media strategy, your online marketing strategy, and just execute it. You need to step up and be the business owner and decide where you're going. And you might need to hire a specialty resource if you need help with that strategy. But I just want to set your expectations that some people that reply to your ads will say, oh, sure, I can do that. I can handle all of that. 
And I'm sure there are some people that can do that, but they're not going to be inexpensive. If you're going to hire somebody to handle all of your online marketing and set your strategy, you're going to be paying a lot of money for that person. So although some people will come back and say, oh, I can do that for like $5 an hour. Honestly, I probably wouldn't trust somebody at that rate to be setting your online marketing strategy. So I just want to kind of lay that out there that, you know, just like with anything, People will come back saying things that are too good to be true, and you should always kind of run that through your, just your internal gut check and say, does this really seem like, you know, that this is is accurately what this person's going to be able to deliver? So the first thing you need to do is figure out where you need help. And we wanted to find to start a really small, concrete project that the person could do in two hours or less. I also recommend for the first project that it's something that your risk is limited. So it's not something that you need people to get access to your website or access to your accounting data or, you know, access to anything really valuable. A good first project is something that a virtual assistant can do independently. So you might send them one or two of your blog posts and ask them to write some social media updates for you. Or if you need help with actual blog writing, you might send them some key points that you want to include in the article and have them write a blog. Or you might, if they, you wanted them to do research, you might have send them a couple of ideas for blog topics and ask them to research it. You need to be a bit more specific than that, but these are ideas of potential projects that someone could do in two hours or less, but that aren't going to open you up to a vulnerability. Because in the beginning, you don't know this person, right? This is just a first project to test how it is to work with this person. And then after that, once you like the results and you build up a relationship with each other, then you can get into more involved tasks and where you're giving them access to your systems. So another thing that you need to think about is how good does this person's English need to be? If you need them to be writing and creating content, let's not even say English, let's say your working language, the language that you're publishing in. If they're going to be creating content, they need to be probably a native speaker or very close, you know, super advanced. But if you're just going to have them doing research or updating things that you've created, then maybe their level doesn't need to be quite as good. Of course, you still need to be able to communicate with the person. So generally on either of these sites, I'd be looking for somebody that spoke English with four or five stars. They can rate themselves on their level of English and you'd want it to be pretty good. So what I want you to do is come up with a really concrete project for this person to work on. And again, if you don't know what to do and you think you want this person to manage your social media, a really good test project is just to have them send them one or two of your blog posts and ask them to write some social media updates for you. Then we're going to post a job ad and it needs to be super, super clear. You need to be the business owner. Step up and be the business owner and define exactly what you want this person to do. So in my example of doing social media tweets, my job ad would say something about the fact that I'm going to send you, for this first project, I'm going to send you two blog posts, and I expect you to write 10 tweets and five Facebook posts for each of the two blog posts, and I want you to deliver that to me in an Excel document with the right hashtags and the links that you would use. Okay, that is super specific because you're telling the person what you want them to do, how long you're expecting it to take, and what the deliverable format needs to be in. You absolutely need to do this. This is the number one biggest mistake I see with wellpreneurs trying to hire virtual assistants is that they just say, oh, will you promote this post on social media? That could mean so many different things to different people, right? And so you need to really be clear about your expectations. And over time, as you're working with somebody, you get to know each other and they'll start to know what you need and what you expect. But in the beginning, you've got to be really clear. Think back to your own work experience if you've ever worked for a boss that was unclear about exactly what they wanted. It's horrible, right? 
I know I once worked for a boss that would just say when something wasn't right that it just looked weird and you were supposed to know what looked weird meant and fix it. And as an employee, that was really stressful because why is it weird? Is it weird because the color's wrong? Is the wording awkward? Is the format wrong? Is it the wrong angle? I mean, you just, you don't know what that means. And so please don't do that to somebody else. (laughs) You want to be a good employer and a good client for this virtual assistant. So be really specific and clear about what you need. And again, if you need help actually defining this, you can work with somebody on the strategy and defining clear type of job ads and what your expectations are. But don't expect your virtual assistant to do that for you. Something else you might want to think about is whether you want to mention the industry in the job post. So if you're having somebody write content for you, if they're going to be writing blogs, you might want somebody who actually has experience or at least interest in your subject matter. So in health and wellness, for example, or if you're having somebody write about vegan meal plans, you might want somebody that's really into the vegan lifestyle already. It's up to you to decide if this is important or not, that the person is interested in this area. It's not always required, but you might want to include that in your job ad. So you post your job ad and then You can also, if you want, and you're a bit eager to start getting replies, you can actually go out and search through the profiles of the different freelancers and you can invite specific people to bid on your job. So once you post your job ad, you're going to start getting replies. So you'll start getting them within an hour, really, and you're going to just get a crazy amount of replies in general. If you're not getting replies, then either you've been too vague in your job ad or maybe it's, you know, just too long and overwhelming. But I'd go back and revisit your job ad if you're not getting responses within the day. But in my experience, you're going to get lots of responses. And don't get too excited about it because a lot of the responses are going to be junk. So you're going to get a lot of people replying that are just, you can tell from their response, they didn't even read what you want. And in my opinion, I don't want to work with somebody that doesn't even take the time to write a personal response. You know, it's okay if some of it's copied, but they should at least write, you know, a first couple of sentences completely relevant to your job posting. So I just remove those immediately and delete them and ignore them. A lot of times these will also be people that are bidding really crazy low rates, like $2 an hour, you know, $5 an hour, something just really super low. And their technique, I guess, is just to respond to every single ad and hope that they get some replies. So it's again, it's up to you based on the skills you need, but don't feel like you need to deeply consider every single application because a lot of them are going to just be junk. So you want to go through, you know, I go through like, say you're going to leave it open for like three or four days or maybe a week until you find the right person. And just periodically read through and actually delete out the people that are clearly not relevant. And at some point, you'll read one and you'll think, oh, that person really feels like they could be a good fit, right? And you can shortlist that person. And at the end of a couple of days or a week, when when you get to that point where you feel like you have two or three candidates that could be really good, what I usually do is award the first job to two or maybe three people. And this is the reason that you've limited the amount of time that the people can spend on this first job because you don't want to spend too much money. It's just an experiment this first time. So if you've got your two-hour project, you might award it to the top two candidates. So they're each, and you don't have to tell them that you're doing this, but they're each going to do the exact same project for you, and you might do it for three candidates, and then you'll get back the results. So you'll award it to the top two or three candidates and have them actually do the project, right, and send you the results. So they're all doing the exact same project and sending you the results. And this, in my experience, is the best way to see and to choose the virtual assistant. 
And this, in my experience, is the best way to find the right virtual assistant to work with because you'll get a sense of what it's like to work with them, what's the communication like, and what's the end product like. So once you've gotten the results back, then, you know, you'll really have a sense in your mind about who's the person that you want to work with, if any of them. What is the quality of the results and what was it like communicating? And at that point, you can end that initial project and you can actually just with those other two people because you've only said that you wanted people to do this one project. And then you can talk to your virtual assistant about working with you on a more long term basis. And again, once you find the right person, you want to keep finding the expectations and the specific deliverables that you want, and then just increasing the hourly limit or going into fixed price projects, whatever makes sense for you to work with that person. But this is really where you have the personal relationship and and you decide how the two of you can work best together. So what I'd like you to do is, if this is at all tempting for you, I'd love for you to post your first job posting. So... If having a virtual assistant to help you in your business is at all tempting, I really, really encourage you to post one project, one job posting, just for a really small experimental project. Because I think that having just, you know, one little thing done for you by somebody else will get you in the mindset of being a business owner. It'll show you the potential of how you could scale your business. And also you might find your perfect virtual assistant so that you've got somebody. So the next time you've got a really busy period or a big launch going on, you've got somebody you can contact to get help with your project. It's a really important step forward in your business. I'm going to leave it here for now, and I hope that I've shown you how it can be really simple to get your first project going with a virtual assistant. As always, you can get all of the links to everything we talked about in the show notes, which are at wellpruneronline.com slash 44. And although I'm not taking on any more clients for the rest of 2014, I've actually got some time for one-off sessions. So if you'd like some individual help with getting really clear on what you should outsource to a virtual assistant, how to set up your social media and your online marketing strategy, and just generally how to define this first job for a virtual assistant, feel free to get in touch with me through my website and we can see if we can set something up. Now, I would love to hear from you. So what are you thinking you're going to do for your first project with a virtual assistant? I'd love to know. You can tweet me at Vintage Amanda, or you can hop back over to the show notes, wellpruneronline.com slash 44, and leave a comment and let us know. So I hope I've given you lots of food for thought for how you can use a virtual assistant within your own business. And make sure to come back next week for episode 45, where we're going to complete a series on virtual assistants, and I'll actually be interviewing two different wellpreneurs who have worked with VAs about their experience and their tips and their advice from their own experience working with a VA on how you can get started. So I'll leave it here this week, wishing you tons of success in your wellness business this week, and I'll see you back here next week with the next episode.